0: This Money Line, this, Money Line. This, Money, Line. this Money Line. this is Money Line on ESPN 975 and on ESPN975.com. Yeah we made it. You just talking. If they hate it, you know they watching. Enjoy the show. 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 Enjoy the show presented by my book live from the espn 97.5 studios here's jerry bow and josh jordan hello
1: world this is Money line on a beautiful Sunday morning and I'm in studio with the statistician my partner in grind at Josh Jordan 975 is where you can find him on Twitter
2: Josh Jordan what's going on Jerry happy Sunday my man how
1: you doing? We'll find out in the next two hours because we're going to lay up. We're going to put up bets on the table. We're going to put them on the board for the people. We're going to get them fantasy sleepers. We're going to give them winners because people want DFS lineups. They want the fantasy questions answered. And we're going to do that because there's a few injuries we got to get to. But before we even get to all that, the my, the man behind the glass rocking it from 10 to noon every single Sunday at Carlson Radios where you can
0: find him on Twitter. Andrew! Good morning, guys. It's... Busy, busy, busy Sunday. The Texans aren't playing, but that doesn't mean that we don't have plenty of stuff going on on our ends. I know that there was some news that broke before we got onto the show. I know you guys want to get into that right away. At
1: MoneyLine97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter, 713-780-3776. If you got any fantasy questions, any gambling questions, any bad beat stories, if you want to talk anything that happened yesterday, anything that your gambling heart desires, the lines are open, 713-780-3776. How was your day yesterday,
2: Josh? Because I know you went out and attended something at Twin Peaks right? you hosted it. Yeah, we did a little... Uh Little get-together with the ESPN and the promo staff over at the Twin Peaks on 290. Watch the LSU-Alabama game. Well, they had all the games on. I was watching the Longhorns, too. And, whew, man, Longhorns scared me for a little bit, Jerry. (laughs) They got in a big hole quick. But uh, it was fun, man. Just hung out, and we had a great time. And, you know, what a great game. I was excited to watch Alabama-LSU. I guess we can get into that a little bit. Man, what surprised me the most was Alabama on defense, you know what I mean? LSU was just able to move the ball so easily, and
1: that was the main part of my handicap. I've been giving that out all week as far as the over because I felt that, and everyone knew the narrative that it's a different LSU and it's not the old, your grandpa's LSU, and we knew that. But then you ask yourself, what was their path to get there? And I knew they were throw a lot. They throw at they they run at the fifth least rate in the nation, so they throw a lot. And if you throw in it, and but you give up. You're 110th in explosive plays allowed. That's what was going to happen. You would, They would score, and then Alabama would hit them right back yep. on deep balls. And when you have something like that, you just got to lean the over, and you figured that that's the way it was going to go. So shout out to everyone who had the over. LSU with the upset. LSU with the money line win. Yeah. And everything changes now. But it just I know if, if you had Alabama, and I know what you did, it, once that number started creeping down to four and a half, Five and it's, it's some people start thinking and it's not a bad thought. It's, it's thinking okay now it's value which it did right. when you're betting Alabama then it did become value if it comes all the way from a seven to a five and a half four and a half you're you thinking man I, you know what I was not even going to bet this game at, I'm betting off principle now so I understand the people that were on Alabama and and their thinking behind it because they're they're saying Alabama bye week. You know, everything led up to this is the way they put their foot down. The question was in Tua's ankle, whatever, you know. It just it just didn't pan out, but the over did get there.
2: It, it did, and and that was what it was. I was going to take LSU with the points, but then the number just kept creeping down. And, and it's kind of like exactly like you said. I hadn't really decided if I was going to bet it because I think – I would have taken the over, but I wanted to take it a little earlier in the week when the number was a little better. And then once it it went up, I didn't like the over as much. It kind of worried me. So, yeah, I kind of got caught in between there. And once it got down to four and a half, I was like, oh, man, you know, screw it. I'll take a shot on Alabama. So, you know, it didn't work out. But, man, great performance by LSU. And and back to that that news that Andrew was teasing at the top of the show, Matthew Stafford's not going to play today. So we do want to let everybody know that right now. Go, saying some go broken
1: bones in the back,
2: yeah, and, and that's something he dealt with last year, I believe, so it's creeping back, it looks like he's week to week, and he's been sneaky really good for fantasy this year i've you know I had a team where I had Lamar Jackson, but i also picked up Stafford to cover me during the bye week and then I ended up playing Stafford last week too, because the matchup was just so good, and i didn 't know how Jackson would look against the Patriots and pull oh, boy did Jackson look good against the Patriots, but either way they they scored similar fantasy points, so it didn 't make that much a difference for me. I won anyway but uh, yeah, so Stafford if, you know, if he's your quarterback and you've been rolling with him, You know, go go to the waiver wire, pick somebody up.
1: That line quickly shifted, and I just hate that I didn't get that bet out earlier because I was figuring once I started hearing that how bad it was for him on Friday when that injury report came out. Yeah, I started speculating that he wouldn't be in, and that line shift quickly. At one point, it was two and a half or three Chicago. Now you got to go all the way to the six and a half range, which makes it a completely different game. So sometimes it's not about who you're going to bet; it's about when you bet it and realizing gambling on the gamble. For example, the Mahomes, You you knew that they were going to try to bring him back. Now some people were saying maybe they hold him off another week. Why would they bring mm-hmm. him back? They got a Mexico City game. Whatever the case may be. But you know that he's such a gamer and that that he, he was running on the field last week yeah. w- uh, celebrating. So and he's
2: practicing in full. Exactly. exactly.
1: Yeah, so. so they were just being extra precautious. Yeah. But you figured that he was going to get on the field. And the same thing happened to that line when you could have got it three and a half-ish. And that still had a question mark of Mahomes in. It and they had it built in there because if not, I think it would have been. At three two and a half, at, at three and a half, they, without knowing Mahomes, that means they're telling you that without knowing Mahomes at at Kansas City it would have been nine and a half. Then that's not the case. So they just they had it built in there, yep. and then once they got confirmation, they slammed it.
2: Yeah, and, and that's what you have to do, right? I mean, it's football. Guys are going to miss time, and you have to account for that. So we'll see how that goes. And speaking of missing time, Texans not playing this week. They got a big win against Jacksonville. You know, going into their off week, six and three.
1: That's a good thing. It's a a much-needed bye week, especially with what they got going forward.
2: Yeah, and, man, Deshaun looked great in that game. And you mentioned it, what they got going forward. They come back, they're going to get a taste of Lamar Jackson. That's going to be a great matchup. People are going to be talking about that one all week because that could have some MVP repercussions there. It could also really impact how the AFC shakes out because then the Texans have the Colts and then they get the Patriots after that. Wow, three. So yeah, these next three games.
1: Could potentially put them in the talk for that one or two seed or b- bouncing them on to where they're hitting the end of the season trying to make
2: that four or five. It, right, and, and they are lucky. I believe they get Tennessee twice and the Bucks at the end of the year. I don't know if it's exactly in that order, but it's those matchups. So they do have a good schedule at the end of the year, but, man, if they could just win one or two of these games, I mean, that would be huge.
1: And it's, it kind of plays to their advantage the way that the London game fell because you get that bye week. Right. And then now you get a chance to really prepare for these three teams. And not just that they're going to game script for two games ahead, but you can kind of put things in because you know that time's going to be short. You know, It's going to yep. go back to regular. So, hey, we're going to put a game plan, put this
2: together for all three of these games, but then we'll, we'll work on that as we go. No doubt. And I think, if I remember correctly, I think one of those is a Thursday game, like the Colts game. That's exactly so, what so, it so is. So they might have, I think it's like in 10 days, they have two huge games. And they're going to need all the rest they can get. Hopefully you get Roby back from in. Injury. You know, Gibson's been dealing with some injuries. I don't know if Will Fuller will be back, but, oh, my God, it'd be nice if he was back. So the bye week came at a good time. You know, hopefully you get Laramie Tunsell back because, you know, he didn't play in that London game. So it's a good time to get healthy because they're going to need all these guys because they don't, they don't have a great pass rush anymore, obviously, because they lost J.J. and Clowney's not here anymore. So they're going to have to rely on some coverage sacks. And now that, you know, Lonnie Johnson hopefully is back from the concussion, you get Roby back. You know, maybe you're a little better at corner. You know what I mean? And kind of like the Ravens got better at corner, you know, with Marcus Peters, you know, trading for him, getting Jimmy Smith back. You know, they don't have a great pass rush either, but they do have some guys that can cover. So maybe the Texans and the Ravens are kind of built in a similar way.
1: They are. But then at the end of the t- day, whenever the dust clears and you say, well, what's the deciding factor? I'll take Deshaun's arm yeah. over Lamar Jackson's arm. So, but then they could say on the contrary that they'll take their coach. Yeah, I mean, so what I'm saying they, yeah. so. Like you said, it's a it's it's a real it's a real interesting statement that you made there because it, it makes sense. kind but now the Ravens are getting healthy and their their defensive backs
2: I do trust. Yes, I mean they're they're more proven. I mean Lonnie Johnson's a rookie, but he's played okay. Yeah, you know, for so sure. Far. And, and Jonathan Joseph, I don't know how much you can get out of him, but Roby's been really good until he got hurt. So they need to get him back in a hurry. But, you know, you look at the Ravens' offense, you know, Hollywood Brown scares you a little bit. You know, Andrews, they got it tied in. And, you know, Ingram's a good back. But I feel like when the Texans are fully healthy and you got Fuller out there and Stills and, man, the way Duke Johnson and Hyde have been playing. Like, I feel like. How big was that addition of Hyde? Dude, he's made a really big difference. He's. I haven't seen him run like this in a while. I don't know I don't think he's ever ran yeah. like that. You know, it's and it's so weird because, you know, bounced around from the Jags. He's the looking Browns for and...
1: contact though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, not to say that he's never played good in, in spurts, but I'm saying the way he runs the ball. He's running with a with a passion. He's making a statement on every single run, and you look at it and you're saying he he's trying to make sure that they know, hey, I'm the lead back. I know that you got Duke Johnson, but I'm the lead guy here. I can put it in between the tackles. But then you got Duke out there, and he does his thing. And he
2: showed some power, too. Exactly. It's a good problem to have right
1: now because you want to have that. You've heard the terms in the past years, lightning and thunder. You want to have that. And right now, he's even serviceable as far as pass catching as well.
2: He is. He caught that little dump off when Deshaun got in trouble last week. And I think Deshaun said in an interview, he just yelled out Lowe's, and he just kind of flipped it to him as he was getting tackled. it turned into a really positive play. So they've been good. And I I think the Texans have better skill players than the Ravens overall. So you know we'll see how they match up. It's going to be a tough game. I imagine they're going to have to to spy Jackson with some kind of defense. Oh, yeah. Back.
1: They're, they're, they're going to have to throw all different types of looks yeah. and like I said, I'm curious to see. We'll get into it much more next week. We're we'll yeah. breaking down from many other angles, but we wanted to make sure we touched on the Texans just a little bit because with a bi-week here, though, it's different. You know what I mean? You wake up on a Sunday morning, it's a little yeah. different when your team isn't playing. You go you go out there and your preparation's a little bit different. Hopefully, your your Sunday morning listen's a little different. Yeah. Hopefully, you stick with us for the next two hours. If you've never listened to us, it's Moneyline. It's Josh Jordan, Andrew Carlson, our guy Renzo out there. And we try to bring you winners every single Sunday. And we try to make it easy, like Sunday morning. Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
0: Stretch my hands to you Life like this is what your life like try to live your life right people
1: really know you push your buttons like type right
0: this is- you're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5 and on ESPN 97.5.com presented by my bookie live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline, 713-780-3776. That's the spot, at Moneyline975 on Twitter. That's the jam, and we're in the zone. We are all in studio and accounted for. Andrew Carlson, Josh Jordan, Jerry nodes with a Z, and let's talk something outside of Texans. We already broke it down a little bit. We're going to get into that game because we know that's going to be the marquee game next week, but there's many other games to get to. You want to start with that, Lions? What is, what is the the Stafford news do for you as far as fantasy
2: and as far as the gambling aspect, I guess for me, it just, the Lions receivers, you have to downgrade those guys. Now, you know, that's, you know, if you, you know, Galladay has been fantastic, but with no Stafford and they're, you know, that matchup's really tough to begin with. And so with, with no, you know, going, they're playing the bears in Chicago, you know, and I know the bears haven't been what, quite what we thought they would be but that's still a good defense so you know you going in there with your backup quarterback I don't want any piece of the Lions offense anymore and backup running back yeah yeah so I mean I, I just stay away I, I'm, I'm staying away from the Lions now and on the other side of the ball do you feel any better about the, the Bears guys I, I kind of like Montgomery this week because the Lions are so bad against the run and now if they're probably not going to have to take as many chances, the Bears, because, you know, Stafford's not playing. So they probably feel like they can run the ball a little more and play it safe. So uh, I think maybe you, you know, you lift up Montgomery a little bit.
1: Yeah, I like Montgomery as well. Detroit gives up 4.5 on the on the ground, and they've given up a league-high 64 yards receiving to enemy back. So yeah. if Montgomery, maybe Tariq.
2: Yeah, might be the one week. I, I thought, you know, Cohen might be, get going last week, but it just didn't happen. So... It's just, you know, and Allen Robinson's been kind of a a downer the last couple weeks. You know, he was starting to kind of show something, and now he's kind of, you know, falling back. So, kind of an ugly game here. You always say bet on the ugly games. Uh, Any play on this one for you? It's tough because the line's gotten too big. If you would have
1: caught it before, like I said, I think I always talk about if you miss your spot, then don't press it. Yeah. Because at this point you're pressing and now you're going to next key numbers if you could have got it at that two and a half even three okay game on but at this point do you really trust trubisky to open up that much of a margin but i don't know how you can trust the lines to move the ball at all that's
2: what scares me no i I agree so this is this one's just a a stay away for me and it's tough right because there's six teams on buys this week so some people are gonna have to play these guys and just kind of hope for the best so, in that case, if you
1: can't find a angle as far as the line, start trying to look at player props. As far as this one, I bring that up because I'm going to have a few games where I'm going to break down player props instead of the actual line. Yeah. And this one, I'm just staying away altogether because I don't know where this line goes. If you're out there and you must bet it, I would be on the under.
2: Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense, actually. So, under is probably a good way to go there. Um, I don't know if there's much else to talk about this one, man. Let's move it along. Alright, uh, let's talk about Kansas City Patrick, Holmes, uh, Patrick Mahomes back this week Huge for fantasy owners They're playing Tennessee And I was just looking at DraftKings and Ryan Tannehill is actually more expensive Than Baker Mayfield right now What a world funny we live it? in, what a time to be alive It's crazy, but that's the case You know, Tannehill's actually kind of a sneaky start this week. We know Kansas City isn't that good on defense. On the other side of the ball, you get, you know, Sammy Watkins back with Mahomes. I think if you've been holding on to Sammy Watkins for all this time, this might be a week where you can actually use him with some confidence.
1: Titans defensive coordinator Dan Pease defense, seventh fewest points per game. They only allow 18.3. And then as far as a fantasy aspect, ranks bottom 12th in fantasy quarterback points allowed. Does that... I know I know Mahomes is is matchup proof. Sure. Do you think that the Chiefs have success on offense as we're accustomed to seeing? Because the team total's twenty-eight and a half. Do they get over that four touchdowns? Under the four touchdowns?
2: Oh, that's gonna be the That's about right, but I, I like them today just because we haven't seen this offense where Sammy Watkins is healthy, is healthy. Tyreek is healthy. Kelsey is ready to go. Damian Williams, it looks like he's back in the main running back role. Mahomes is back. Like it, it's finally all together. Exactly. So and you know what I mean.
1: And also on defense up front, they're getting a little bit healthier. So I'm with you though. I I was on. I got the number earlier during the week before the Mahomes confirmation. So I was on them around that three and a half range. Nice. That's where I've been wanting them. Also Jarrell Casey out. That's the defensive tackle stud guy. I look for them to open up the run game and like you said, Williams has been taken up ever since
2: that McCoy fumble. Yeah. He's been out touched, I believe, twenty one to six. And I was listening to Greg Cosell on a a podcast from NFL Films, and he said McCoy just doesn't look like he has the same juice that he used to have and that it's apparent on film that he's just not that quick right now. And he said, if I'm noticing it, I I guarantee you Andy Reid's noticing it. So, yeah, look for Damian Williams to kind of be the guy until he he proves he can't be by getting hurt or or fumbling, something like that. And
1: before leaving this game, what do we do with Derrick Henry? Because we know that's been the recipe to keeping the Chiefs off the field and keeping them off balance. Is that something that the Titans do? Start oh, him.
2: Yeah. Start him. Yeah. I, we've seen the Chiefs, even back to the Texans game. You remember how big Carlos Hyde was in that game. I, I like any running back against the Chiefs, and that seems to be the formula, right? The other team wants to slow down the game, keep Mahomes off the field, and you do that by running the ball. My only concern here with Henry is if the Chiefs get up so big that they kind of have to abandon the running game. You know, that worries that's, me a little that's bit. That's kind
1: of the aspect I was uh, asking for because someone out this far, like, Jerry,
2: the dude's got 16 touches, 9 out
1: of 9 games. What are you talking about? But I'm saying more as do you think the game script takes him out of it where Deion Lewis kind of gets in there? Because we know Henry's efficient when the game is within three points, seven points, one possession. Yeah. So that's whenever he's great because he gets involved in the game. We saw that last the last game they played, but— I'm not sure if this game stays as close. A lot of a lot of sharps are all over the times for whatever reason. And I've heard that,
2: and I don't. Know, I think you roll the dice with Henry and you hope the game script doesn't get you, but it is a concern. I mean, but also too with Henry, this is the time of year when he turns into that that badass. You know what I mean? It's always at the towards the a end of the town year. The Baytown badass. Baytown badass. That's when Derek. This is when he starts getting it going. When the weather gets cold, you know, when guys are. Tired of tackling big dudes and their bodies are sore. That's when Henry has typically gone on these big runs or at the end what of the year. What kind game,
1: of movie you watching? <laughs> tackling big dudes and your bodies are sore. Let's move on to the next game. All right,
2: let's do a Buffalo Cleveland. We talked about Baker Mayfield <laughs> being cheaper the Tannehill on Fanduel and uh, DraftKings. That that just shows you where he's gone. He's playing Buffalo. This game's actually in Cleveland and. Browns are favored by three. I've heard a lot of people asking questions about this game. They feel like the number's weird. They feel like it feels like it maybe the bookmakers know the Browns are going to win, and they're trying to make you take Buffalo. I'm hearing that from a lot of different people. What do you think about this one, Jerry? That's
1: exactly what's been going on. That's what's been getting talked about, and it's it's interesting because I, I keep telling people that the variance that comes with the Browns, on some weeks, they're going to look as bad as the worst team out there, and on primetime situations, they've yeah. done it from a from a coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint, everything. But then they're going to have games where they come out and beat teams, and you're going to say, how does that happen? Because every number here points as far as trends to Buffalo.
2: And remember, the the Browns blew out the Ravens a few weeks ago, so they do jump up and get you every now and then. And i got a
1: feeling this might be one of those games. Is is Buffalo one of the most
2: overrated teams that has a record like this? They have to be. I mean, that division with the Jets and the Dolphins, they they get a lot of easy ones. But – you know, from a fantasy perspective, I think Josh Allen, he, he'll probably get you the two touchdowns he gets pretty much every week. But the ceiling not super high for him. Um, I think Singletary, somebody you could take a shot with. And hey, Kareem Hunt's back. We're actually kind of burying the lead here, right? A lot of Nick Chubb owners worried about, you know, how much is he going to eat into that production, touches wise. I mean, maybe on passing downs, I think they get Hunt going a little bit. But, you know, if I own Nick Chubb, I'm starting him with confidence in this one. I know Buffalo can be tough, but they've been struggling with the run a little bit, actually. So, don't beat yourself up about Hunt, all right? You know? <laughs> because it's going
1: to take a while for him to get back into the groove of things. I don't see them just taking Chubb off, but... There's going to be times where there's going to be that game where Hunt's going to he's going to he's going to take those moments that you need from Chubb and that's you knew that coming into the season though right. and you just kind of forgot about it. I know Chubb's owners out there this week whenever the news came out you looked at your phone and
2: you thought, "Dang, already? Yeah, it's here." And for Odell Beckham, a lot of people are wondering, "What do I do with this guy? He's been killing me every week." And it's not getting any better with Tre'Davious White covering him. He'll probably travel at least on the outside with Odell, and, For sure. and he's been locking receivers down this year. So, like in my rankings, I have Odell like somewhere around like eighteen or twenty. You know what I mean? I have him as a number two receiver this week because. You know, you probably have to start him with six teams on a bye this week.
1: Tredavious White, check this out. One touchdown given up in the last 18 games this year.
2: 49.8 passer rating when they target him. Fifth lowest amongst all the corners. I mean, that says it all right there. So, you know, you probably have to start Odell, but lower your expectations a little bit. You know, I don't know if he'll travel with him in the slot. And, you know, Baker did come out and say he is just going to force the ball to Beckham this week. And so you might see – them lining him up a bunch in the slot to get him away from White. So we'll see if he travels into the slot. We just we won't know until the game Maybe
1: starts. Maybe a Landry game to work on the inside yeah. zone of the of the Buffalo Bills. That's it's again It's you try to paint what's the path to my bet winning? What's the path of Cleveland making it a scrappy low game, winning yep. by three or four points. It's that's that's how this game plays out. The fourth quarter, this both bets will still be in play. I got a strong
2: feeling about that. I agree. Let's move it along. Here we go. This one I think could be filled with fantasy goodness. Arizona versus Tampa Bay. I think I mean we got some bad pass defenses here, Jerry. So I think, you know, Kyler Murray, I, I like him this week. Jameis Winston is actually a good start this week, too. What do you what do you see in this matchup? I see points.
1: We'll get a little bit to this game more when we start talking picks. But I do see points. I just we uh, we talk about the narratives behind Winston, but he's bad against zone, but he's good against man. That goes to show you that he's just bad at and making on uh, moves on the fly. You know, adjusting to what the defense is doing, and that's when he throws those shady picks. But he's got an eight to one touchdown ratio to interceptions whenever against man to man. Uh, playing schemes, so all his picks mostly come. I think he's got like nine picks against the zone. So using that thought, whenever you are going to bet an over, you start throwing a things, a couple of things in the equation. Pace, check both teams' ability to get to the quarterbacks. One of them can't. If one of them's turnover prone, what kind of defense is turnover prone? I believe Jamonds has a big game. This is one of my best bets of the week. We're going to jump into this game when we get back from every angle. I love this game. Get out there right now. Open up your MyBookie account. We're about to bang this one down. Moneyline, ESPN
2: 97.5. Hey,
1: you sound really.
0: Let me see you go back. Let me see you come Now let me see you go back. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: Welcome back to Moneyline, where we go back and forth with the lines, with the fantasy, with the winners. 713-780-3776, at Moneyline975 is where you can find us on Twitter. Feel free to call us, feel free to text us. We got a little bit of everything for you. If you want to hit us on Twitch, search ESPN975. Hit us on SportsMap. You'll find Josh's waiver wire. You'll, you'll find his rankings. You'll find my bookie busters as well. We have a little bit of everything here for you.
2: No doubt about it. Give us a follow on social media, at ESPN97.5. Facebook is it's an awesome Facebook page. I'm, I'm a little biased, but it's really good. Check it out. Give us a follow. Instagram, Twitter, all at ESPN97.5, at JoshJordan97.5, at Jerry knows with a Z and at Sports Map Hou. So now all the promotional stuff out of the way. We are talking about this Arizona-Tampa game, Jerry, and we are teasing it for the people a little bit here because you have a play on this one. What do you like? What do you see? Well, let's just talk about how these two teams set up. They both
1: go at an extremely high pace. We know that the Cardinals, they don't have no slow button. Yep. Their problem all year has been capitalizing in the red zone, which now they're getting better at on the opposite end you have Tampa which they like to air it out they like to get the ball downfield Winston quietly outside of those interceptions in zone t- coverage you know teams that that press that zone outside of that he's having a big he's giving you numbers especially in a fantasy world because, because yeah. in a fantasy world you're not worried about wins and losses for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers nope. you're worried about them being behind and him having a chase yep. so keeping that for whatever reason, their defense at home, T- Tampa, is 30 points allowed. I mean, I'm sorry, on the uh, on the season 30, at home, 33. So they allow more points at home. I see points here. Now you have Arizona, and you see their team total at 23 and a half. That's about where it sits meet me in the middle of that 33 and 23 and a half. And I think that's pretty much where you can get Cardinals. I think Cardinals are good for 27 points, but their defense isn't all that great. And a lot of people are going to run and say, Patrick Peterson, he's going to shadow, you know, he's going to shadow whoever it is. They, they they choose him to be on probably the outside on Evans, but He's not been that great since he's been back. So let's not just throw him up there. And yes, we can say because he's he, he it's going to take him a while to get back to game speed. But he isn't the Patrick Peterson that we're accustomed to, to just saying, hey, that's going to be a problem. He just hasn't been that.
2: No. And we've kind of seen that with Melvin Gordon with the Chargers. Right. Like he's finally starting to look like himself. You know, Peterson, too, they're, they're playing their way back into shape. It takes a little while. That's why you have preseason games, because you can't just get off the bus and be ready to play in the NFL. So I like that, and I like that the, the Bucks have two receivers they can go to here. Patrick can't cover both those guys. You know, Godwin, he hasn't been great the last couple of weeks. You know, he was on fire to start the season. I think he goes off here. We were talking about that during the break. You know, especially if Peterson's on Evans outside, this could be a big Chris Godwin game. Check this out.
1: Tampa gives up the most. Points to wide receivers. Now, on the interior against Todd Bowles, secondary, that's how you attack them. This is what they've given up. Tyler Lockett, 13 for 152 and 2. Cooper Cup, 9, 121 and 1. Even Sterling Shepard went 7 for 101. Chris Godwin's going to eat today. And that's what I'm thinking, that the game script's going to just give you that. Tampa Bay knows that they can attack that that secondary. And th- the same goes for the other uh, way. You don't want to really uh, choose to attack a Todd Bowles defense on the ground. That's usually what he's good at. But he also likes to bring a lot of pl- pressure and a lot of blitzes, which – Kyler Murray could get the hand the ball out of his hands quick, and I think that's what's going to lead to big plays. There's going to be a lot of busted coverages here, a lot of big plays, and that's what you look for when you're betting overs.
2: Okay, and this I have to ask this question because I know a lot of you are out there, and your tight end is a disaster this year. And it's the bye week, so maybe you're even in more of a pinch. We know the Cardinals are all-time dreadful against tight ends, right, Jerry? And OJ Howard has been a missing man all season. Maybe one of the biggest draft busts out of all of them from this year. The matchup couldn't be any better from OJ Howard. He's he's supposed to be back. He's healthy. He's missed the last couple games. He's supposed to roll today. If you're desperate, do you give him a shot just because of the matchup?
1: I don't. I can't mess with him. Yeah. They also got uh, what is it, Williams Max?
2: They also have Cameron Brait who was playing limited snaps last I week. I started
1: him on DFS and and yeah, he kept, was hurt, man. Yeah, he, I
2: kept looking at my my zero score and I was thinking what's going on here? He played limited snaps, but they didn't really tell us that ahead of ahead of time, so he killed some people. So, a lot of people are looking maybe you give OJ Howard a shot, but we know it's just in that offense, Bruce Arians typically doesn't really utilize tight ends. So, you know, he likes to throw inside to Godwin with receivers. So he's kind of one of those guys where maybe you're just, there's nobody on the waiver wire and you're in trouble. Maybe you can take a flyer with O.J. Howard for this one week. Because we know Arizona, the matchup couldn't get any better.
1: Yeah, and for sure, the reason that I even brought up is because the matchup and Max Williams played season high 75% of Arizona's snaps last Man, week. Man, so, so that
2: tells you Brait was really struggling. Really struggling. Yeah.
1: And that's what I, I wish I would have known that, but if we just look at, all the tight ends that have, have gone up against this defense have cleared no less than thirty seven yards, and that's uh, Jacob Hollister. But he scored two touchdowns that week. We, I mean, Jared Cook four forty one and a touchdown. Gerald Everett five for forty one and a touchdown. Everyone gets at least those forty yards. So I believe that if you go look at the props at my bookie, yeah, you can get over there right now, and I guarantee you, you can find props on 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 these two names that aren't that that appealing. And I guarantee you could get them about three and a half or four receptions, which I think they both hit. So, what you go, you go, you do right now. You go over to my bookie, you start that account if you don't have one. If you have one, go check your emails because they send out a lot of bonuses, a lot of crazy stuff, uh, birthday bonuses. I've gave the story last week. They gave me a birthday bonus. We ended up turning that twenty five dollars into twelve hundred parlay. So. Check your bonuses. If you don't have that, if you're at another book and you're having trouble taking your money out or you're getting rid of bad lines or they don't offer you the the live betting that, that you want, go over to my bookie right now. You open an account and they're going to match you dollar for dollar to put in on all these props, to put in on these little bets that we're giving you. Go over there. Use promo code radio. That's the only way you're going to get it. And you're gonna get that deposit bonus. Once you got the deposit bonus, you can open it up because we're gonna give you we're gonna start off this relationship like this with my bookie. You're gonna go there, start the account, and you're gonna hit the over on this particular game. So Buccaneers, Cardinals, over
2: at My Bookie, using promo code radio. You play, you win, you get paid. My Bookie, that's how you do it. That's how you make the money. And let's stay with this game for just one more second. What do you think about David Johnson coming back? Do you like him this week? I do, but it gets interesting in that backfield now because yeah. I believe
1: Arizona's uh, backfield is only good for about 25 to 27 touches combined. So, what are they going to do now be- with the addition of Drake?
2: Yeah, they're going to use him. They wouldn't have traded for him. And
1: he w- did well. That goes to show you how bad Miami was utilizing him because he comes over here one
2: game on limited practice with the with the new playbook and he goes off. Yeah. No, no doubt about it. So, I mean, are you surprised? It's the Dolphins, man. They're, they're terrible. So, All right, so we like him this weekend. He says he's 100%, and he saw Drake perform well, so that probably made him hurry up his rehab a little bit to get out there and play. So we like the over. Let's move along quickly before the break. We can get in one more game. The Battle of New York, Jerry, the Giants versus the Jets.
1: Dun, dun, yeah, dun.
2: Right? And this one, it's a close one. It's a three-point spread right now. Uh, Giants are favored. The game is, I guess they share the same stadium, so the home-away thing, I don't know how we really handicap that. But uh, I don't know. This one's kind of ugly. Le'Veon Bell is looks like he's going to try and play, but he is banged up. And I brought that up to talk about this. If you're a Le'Veon Bell owner, you have to be a little bit worried that he's he's really dinged up and he's trying to play through all these injuries, but the team's bad. And if if he continues to be this dinged up towards the end of the season – they're probably not going to have him push through to play meaningless games. So that could really hurt your fantasy team as you, you get to the playoffs.
1: And, and does he even want to play? In mini- right. you, he was a player that we know wanted to save himself, right? So yep. at this point, you're just putting miles on your legs that don't really pan out. What is, what is the advantage of him right now? I guess getting some acclamation with Darnold, but Le'Veon Bell's a plug-and-play player. Yeah, you, We've seen that. He could come back week three or four when he was on the Steelers' Plug him in, play him. He doesn't need that. You, he needs volume. And at this point, when he's on the field, it's volume. Even you say, well, the game script, they're getting blown out. Maybe that takes a no because then they start passing at him all the time. And that's even worse because he's getting thrown these ducks. He's get, He gets thrown so many bad balls that you're like, oh, this is about to be bad. And then he knows how to absorb these hits because he knows how to pass catch. But at the end of the day, it's just bad news and nothing good is going to come out of this. What What is to be gained here that in the next six, six, seven, what, seven weeks, whatever it is, that we're going to say, wow, they, they started playing well together. The Jets, it's looking up. That's nothing that we can learn from the next few weeks off of Bell being out there rather than him being getting hurt and really hurting the team.
2: I agree. And it, it's kind of like the A.J. Green thing, right, where he had a little bit of an aggravation, and now he's shutting it back and down. And he needs
1: to get that contract. I mean, he, yeah. you got to start thinking big picture. And, again, the Bengals got to start thinking that because what if he gets injured a little bit again? Then people are going to say – you got a guy that stays on the shelf, that's going to hurt them so at this point nothing good would have came out of that. What with a with a backup quarterback and say AJ Green gets uh, let's say average numbers for his average numbers. Yep. What does that do for him? Cuz he's not going to get ceiling type numbers being out this long with a backup quarterback. So him yeah. coming back, what could it possibly do to to gain him something going forward as far as even contracts. Same for the Bengals. They're like, "You know what? Let's just let's just tap out here and let's both uh, Let's just both call it.
2: The yeah, illness. I mean, if he gets hurt again, that's going to really, you know, decrease his value as a free agent because he's going to look injury prone. He's on the other side of thirty, so these are things to think about. Like when you're drafting a fantasy team, sometimes you, there's a reason that you target the guys on good teams, and it's not just because of the obvious reason that good teams score points, but it's also good teams are in games that matter at the end of the year when the fantasy playoffs come around. So there's actually several factors for getting guys on good offenses on good football teams uh let's talk about the giants here a lot of injuries looks like ingram's not going to go you know sterling shepherd it looks like concussions might keep him out for the rest of the year i mean this is just this is ugly man maybe crowder as a ppr option could come through for you for the jets here the giants are bad in the secondary so he could be somebody you look at but Aside for that, you know, you're starting Saquon Barkley, obviously, but
1: player props Saquon Barkley. The Jets give up a ton of receiving yards to the back. Give that. Give me the player props as well. I'm smashing both
2: of those. Ooh, I like that. So I need to pull up that number. I guess it's maybe around three and a half. Is the number the Something receptions
1: like that? is four and a half? Four and a half. Yeah. Okay. Which I think he gets that. Like I said, the Jets give up a ton of receiving yards to the back. Go ahead and get that. Also, though. I like the Giants here. I do nine do and two. Surprisingly, nine and two in the last eleven at home. I don't see how that. Maybe because the nobody goes to the table on a on a on a Sunday and says, "Man, I'm taking the Giants at home. This is their spot." Who does that? You know what I mean? So I think the numbers are always inflated on them, and I think they end up just getting there on that end because you're more reluctant to bet against them than on them.
2: No, that that makes a lot of sense. So there you have it. Jerry likes the Giants. This one's actually. Kind of interesting. Atlanta Saints. We'll get to this one on the other side. That's a big game for me. I see a lot of fantasy goodness in that. I
1: see a lot of money coming up and I smell it. Fire up the barbecue pits. It's a party here on Moneyline ESPN 97.5.
0: You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan.
1: This is what's playing through your bookies' mind right now. It's a shame that they let those Moneyline boys on the air from 10 to noon every single Sunday because this is causing me headaches. 713-780-3776. At Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. The whole squad's here, and we're all accounted for. Andrew Carlson, Josh Jordan, Jerry Bo knows what a Z, and Renzo out there making sure he takes care of all the calls. Go ahead. Give us a call. 713-780-3776. Let's jump into this game that you're talking about between – the Atlanta
2: Falcons and the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, let's do it. You know, we see, you know, Breeze has returned. He looked good. I like him a lot this week. He's top three play for me at quarterback this week. So I love Breeze. Kamara, he's supposed to be good to go. Now they said they're they're going to be smart about using him. But he's expected to go, so start Kamara. You know what? I kind of like Latavius Murray in this one. I think they could use him as a closer, you know, like they've been using the last few weeks. And if they are being smart with Kamara, and I think they could get up here on the Falcons, I think you could see, you know, Latavius Murray come through as a closer at the end of the game, get you some rushing yardage, and, and maybe punch one in.
1: And they need to be more careful with Kamara because we've seen even last year, remember when they tried to put him at punt? It, it, yes. Or a kickoff. I'm sorry. It yes. was kickoff. And then he got hurt yep. at the very beginning of a game. So he's a guy that going back to college, he wasn't a guy that would eclipse the 16-touch mark. He, that's just not who he is. Right. So use him smart. Use him strategically. Use his yards per carry success, his yards per catch success. Use all that, but use it strategically because you have. Latavius Murray showed last week yeah.
2: that you st- you got something right here. I am. I got a little something. Let me be your thunder. No doubt. So that he's proven that you can trust him. So I I think they will and you gotta remember like the Saints are legit Super Bowl contenders, Jerry. I mean, they are good. Their defense has been incredible. So they're gonna be smart with Kamara because they know they're gonna need this guy in the playoffs. And they don't wanna you know, they don't wanna do something stupid during a regular season game against the Falcons that they could probably win without him and overexpose him and get him hurt. So they're gonna be smart. Michael Thomas, you gotta love him this week, right? Gotta love him. I mean the Falcons defense is Awful. The books
1: caught up this week, though, and they're putting it at nine and a half at some places so, on reception, so to get it, it's a receptions prop Ugh. cash with Thomas. You have to get 10 receptions, which he very well could,
2: but a gambling man once told me if it looks like that, passes. No doubt. You know who I kind of like this week? How about a little Teddy Ginn this week? We know how bad the Falcons are on defense. Ted Ginn's usually good when he's in that dome, you know, at home, and we know the Falcons; they're just not good. They give up place to the pass all the time. So I think, you know, if you're desperate this week, you got six teams on a buy, and you need a flyer, somebody to put in your flex, maybe Ted Ginn. And Ted Ginn's three
1: receiving lines versus the Saints: three for 21, a to touchdown; four for 76, into the touchdown. And in the third game was a dud, but two out of the three, he's gotten in the end zone. That's all you need to pay off the price of Teddy Ginn. Go to the other side of the ball, though. Julio Jones. A lot of people are going to say, "Well, Lattimore, he's going to get up on him, and and that's going to be that." Well, this is the what Julio has done in four times that he's played against Lattimore: eleven for one forty-seven, five for ninety-six, seven for one forty-nine, five for one ninety-eight. Miss me with all that Lattimore as far as Julio because Julio is matchup proof.
2: You know what's interesting is the just the the very last game they played against each other, they decided to double Julio and they put Lattimore on Ridley, so. I'm curious to see if they try that again or if they go back to putting Lattimore on Julio because that could kind of change things. That makes me hate Ridley this week if Lattimore is going to be on him.
1: You bring up such a great point, though, because check this out. Ridley still leaves the Saints with a bad taste in their mouth because as a rookie, that's what his biggest games. Let's not forget. Remember, he had that seven for 146 and three touchdowns. Yeah. That was that big game that was against the Saints. And the next time they played eight for 93 and a touchdown. So is it more that because he is that other factor? Hey, let's go ahead and file a fire up. Calvin Ridley receptions over whatever
2: the number is Ridley to get in the end zone and Ridley yards. I like that too much. I like it, too. Let's talk about the total here. What do you think? 51 and a half is where I'm seeing it now. It started at 50. Do you like the over? What do you like in anything here? I'm letting out
1: all my secrets here, all right. but let's do this. Good. You ask yourself, whenever there's a spread this big inside the division, you you say, when was the last time these teams have been in this predicament? Well, if you look last year, there was an over-under of 60 for this matchup, oh. and the spread was 12 and a half. <laughs> in that game, the Atlanta Falcons scored 17 points. But they had four turnovers. My thought being, yes, I'm going to agree with you. Sometimes you can agree with Vegas, but bet against them while betting with them, if that makes sense. And I'm going to break it to you like this. So you're, you're agreeing, yes. I agree that the Atlanta Falcons are bad, and I agree that New Orleans Saints are that much better but I'm betting with you and against you at the same time because against you, you got to take this bet that Atlanta's going to be in a negative game script, making them chase points, and if they were able to reach 17 points last year with four turnovers, I believe they can get there even more now with a worse defense than they had last year. Give me Atlanta to give you at least those, I think it's at 19 and a half points is the over-under. Two touchdowns and two field goals, I'm good for that, or three touchdowns, catches it all the way. Give me the over Atlanta team total, and that same thought, if Atlanta gets 21 points,
2: and you're thinking New Orleans covers a spread, then that hits the over. I like it. that You broke that down really well. And, you know, Matt Ryan's back. It looks like he's going to be good to go for this game. You know, Matt Schaub had to play a couple weeks ago, but... So you got to like them with Matt Ryan back. I don't think he's going to turn the ball over that many times again. No, and that's what we're saying. We're
1: playing regression. We're saying, okay, yeah, and that Atlanta team, they've probably gotten a little worse on defense, and and the Saints, they're rolling right now. So let's say that Atlanta gives up what they uh, regularly give up, and let's say Atlanta gets to their team total, which is very low for an Atlanta team. How often do you catch Atlanta uh, nineteen and a half? All they got it get to twenty points. I got to take that all day, and it's one of my favorite
2: bets of the week. There you have it. Let's move along. Baltimore, Cincinnati, another pretty big spread here at ten and a half. The game's in Cincy, and Baltimore's still favored by ten and a half. I don't want anything to do with the Bengals, Jerry. I mean, as far as for fantasy, you know, we talked about AJ Green. He's not going to go. Joe Mixon has been killing your fantasy team. Who? All, yeah, you know, Tyler Boyd going against those. The guys in the Ravens secondary, I can't trust that. There's nothing about the Bengals that interests me here. they got a, a quarterback with no experience. So I'll flip it over to, to the Ravens. You know, you're starting Mark Ingram this week, right? Lamar Jackson, it looks like he missed some practice, but he's going to be okay. It was an illness this week, so he should be good to go. And I kind of like Hollywood Brown this week. I think he could get deep. That's a good play right there. Hey, can you believe this, that where Mixon
1: has fallen off to, leading Ugh. the AFC and rushing, 3.2 yards per carry. The first time
2: these guys played, he had eight attempts for 10 yards. <laughs> Ten. <laughs> He's been a disaster. And the one league I took him in, it, like, he, he torpedoed my team.
1: Now, I always talk about trends that don't necessarily play to what the situation is right now. So when you look at Ravens trends that are over outside the Lamar Jackson era, then they might not be to what they are now, right? The, the 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 playbook is completely different, but just overall in the last twelve games, Ravens as a double digit favorite, two and ten against the spread. Ooh, and 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 those two have come this year.
2: <laughs> really, that, that kind of surprises me. But well, I mean they they are more of a running team, right? So it's yeah. probably a little harder for them to to run away and hide from you. Yeah,
1: so again, it's it's not all trends, uh, you know, fall into the category of this specific team because they're completely different than they were with Alomar Jackson. They used to throw at one of the highest rates with Flacco. Now they don't. So I don't want to throw that, but just to just to put it out there, double digit favorites in the NFL—that's a tough cookie to to, to 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 buy. You know what I mean? Because NFL in the in the college world. You you see 30-point spread. Sure. And, if, and in an NFL, you're not going to see that. When somebody touches twenty you're thinking, oh, my gosh, like happened earlier this year. You're thinking, wow, this is a rarity. So whenever you start thinking again with the Atlanta game, for example, that's a lot of points inside the division. You're giving me two full touchdowns. you can, This can be a blowout. The Falcons can be up down by 20 and get a garbage touchdown, and you somehow still
2: catch a ticket. No, that's a good point. And I wonder here with the Ravens, They know the Bengals are terrible, right? They could be looking ahead a little bit to this Texans game. And that's what scares. Whenever you have
1: to cover a big spread, at what point do they check out? If anything here, you just led me to
2: a bit. Ravens first half. There you have it, guys. I like that one, too. Let's move it along. I think we can squeeze one more in here before the break. Carolina visiting the Packers, Jerry. Boy, Aaron Rodgers was awful against the Chargers the last time we saw him. It looks like, you know... He's like, hey, we're we're due to have a dud, and that's what he's kind of blaming it on. Uh, Devontae Adams returned in that game. He was he was okay. I don't think he quite looked as as quick as I was hoping, but I think he should continue to get better going forward. Here, I mean, it's a four and a half point spread, but you know, Carolina is one of those teams where they're better than you think. You know, like we saw when they beat the Texans. I didn't see that coming. What, What do you see in this one? Let me ask you a question first
1: off, because we have someone asking on the text line. Is Christian McCaffrey worth his $10,000 price tag in the DFS world? Because that's extremely high for a running back. So when you have someone that's worth that or cost that much, you have to ask yourself, is he going to be owned at a high percentage? Because if he costs that much... But he's not owned at a high percentage. He only has to get X amount of points to hit value. But the higher he is owned and the higher that price tag, the higher he has to score to make it worth using that much of your salary on one position. You could take a player that's going to score 10 points less but is way under owned than him and save money there. So make sure that he's going to over exceed expectations according to how high his owner projections are.
2: And the matchup is great. The Packers have really struggled against the run. And
1: you can throw it to him. You could throw it on him. So you better be sure that McCaffrey's gonna have those six, seven catches. And when you when you're guaranteeing yourself point, one point PPR, seven points just on catches, add the yards before you even touch his rushing game, you're already talking twelve, thirteen, fourteen points. But then again, you ask yourself, what can he get on the ground? He has to go plus one hundred for him in the fantasy world to me this week. And this is just my opinion. He's going to have to go off for, you know, seven, eight catches, 50,
2: 60 yards receiving, break 100 on the ground because he's going to have to throw up a 30 peck. And I like to go off of past games. You know, remember that the Chargers just kind of played Green Bay a couple weeks ago, right? In that game, Gordon, 20 rushes, 80 yards. Eckler, 12 rushes for 70 yards, two rushing touchdowns. So between the two of them, that's 150 rushing yards and two touchdowns. I mean, that's not even counting the receiving yardage. And
1: there's no two of anything in the Panthers' backfield. So it's McCaffrey. He eats up all the snaps. And Josh, he's going to put his name on it right now. Yeah, I mean, I
2: I think he's going to come through this. Look, he's expensive, but like Jerry said, a lot of people won't be on him because he's so expensive.
1: Exactly. So you're gambling on the gamble because a lot of people are going to shy away from him. They're going to go to more... To easier lineups. That's why this week when you have spots like this, it makes it easier to predict where everyone's going to be. Go ahead and fill up a dummy lineup right now and put him in and then see where the options are at receiver. And then that's how you know people that are using this lineup, this is going to be their guy. So if I want to go contrary, let me take those guys out and then fill in other guys. That's how you're going to win one of those big GPPs. And the way you're going to win money on this Sunday morning is to stay tuned. Matt, you're next. When we get back, we're going to get to you. Moneyline, ESPN, 97.5. You never know, homie, about this, homie. You need to pump your brakes and drive slow, homie. What it do? I'm posted up in the park.